see. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and our Wonder Women in Business podcasts give a voice to those women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share these stories with the world so that in our guests shining, they give permission to others to shine as well. You can hear more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and several other channels across the web. Today's amazing guest is Judy Dang. Welcome, Judy. Thank you, Susan. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I, I have to tell you folks, um, you may or may not know Judy, but I first saw Judy present at a Legal Marketing Association uh, event in the Bay Area, and I was just blown away. Her event was unique and different. Her program was special and memorable, and so I thought, she has to be a guest on my podcast. So that's how we ended up here today. Judy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, here I go. I was born in Vietnam and escaped by boat with my father and brother when I was six. That's incredible. That was 1979, and my mom and four-year-old sister did not come with us. So for three days, we hid below deck of a fishing boat until we landed in Thailand. So three days at sea. In the boat, they separated the men from the women. So my brother and my father were on one side, and I was on the other side as a six-year-old. I, I don't remember that experience particularly, but I feel for that little girl. Then we lived in a refugee camp for six months in Thailand, and my, my father had a brother in San Jose, so my uncle sponsored us to come to the U.S. I grew up in East San Jose and then went to high school in Fremont in the East Bay. Then when I was 16, my, my mom and sister did immigrate to the U.S., so for a large chunk of my childhood, I, I, brought, up, I brought myself up, really. Uh, my father worked, you know, three to midnight. He had a girlfriend. She moved in. They had a child. Uh, when my mom moved here, we had a hard time mending uh, the broken ties. And I'm still wrestling with how to be in relationship with her now. Um, with your mother? Or mm -hmm. My mother, yeah, yeah. That's she, so hard. She wasn't innocent in the separation either. Nobody was innocent, um, but I have no no blame for either of them. They did the best they could with what they had. You know, we all do. I want to ask you a question. Um, so I wasn't expecting that story, and it was amazing. It was beautiful in such a sad way. Um, uh, I, I, I am all about authenticity and the power of vulnerability and being true to yourself. This story, I was jaw dropped and, and I actually welled up with tears. So I said nothing because I was afraid I would choke up on the um, podcast. Maybe I should have said something because that's what this kind of podcast is about where um, that I just, that's amazing. I think we're so grateful for having you here after having gone through that. I wonder if you ever maybe write in a journal or write a letter to that little Judy and, you know, connect with that younger self. Um, and, you know, what was her life like and what was she thinking? I'm sure she was scared. And when you look back at that younger Judy, do you say you did it or, you know, how did you do it? Or let's, there's more to be done or, you know, what, what is your message to that younger Judy? My message to her is that, 
she has a light inside of her that was the inner wisdom, uh, that spirit that uh, I want to nurture and hold dear and precious and let her know that um, she's amazing. She's awesome. She is so powerful. I love that. So empowering her or letting her know of the power that she already has herself. That's, that's beyond empowering someone else. That's really um, sort of helping that younger Judy self-actualize or, or love herself and know that she can do this. And folks, if you know Judy, like I know Judy, oh, what a gal. Um, no, she is amazing. She's powerful. She's influential. She's um, very persuasive in a beautiful way. You want to be around her. You want to know her better. And you can't see what I can see because this is only on audio, but um, Judy is on video for me and she tells her story even without words, her body language and her facial expressions. And, you know, it's just so moving. It kind of makes me wish I had done a podcast with video as well. But this is very powerful, very surprising. Tell me more. Tell me a little bit about how you got from young Judy to where you are now. So I let's see, finished high school. I went to UC Berkeley, majored in English, and then started in the nonprofit world in San Francisco. Eventually, I spent 12 years at the University of California, San Francisco. And then in 2008, I had a major depressive episode. And depression is common in my family. That was the episode that was a catalyst for me for a big wake-up call. Um, I had depression before, but all the triggers were there for this two-by-four that was the right size to hit me in the head. And I, it, I woke up after that. Um, I was asleep for most of my life, actually. That's a beautiful way to put it. I was asleep, uh, sleepwalking. So I got help. I slowly recovered. I'm still waking up. Um, during that wake-up call, I took that two-by-four and did some woodworking with it. I planed it. I cut it into planks. I glued the planks together. I made a coffee table. And that's actually what I did. I took woodworking classes. So I used Amazing. that analogy to explain, to, to draw a picture for people of how struggles can be can be useful right so you took something that was an emotional and mental struggle and um used the energy from that and you know it manifested itself in some beautiful outcome which is such a great allegory or story or a, you know life lesson that's incredible so i bet that coffee table has more meaning for you than most people's uh coffee tables do for sure but that's incredible. So I want to let the audience know that for years and years, we were afraid to talk about depression or face the realities and we would keep secret or quiet about that. And it led to so much more pain. And we put this bandaid on that cancer of depression and no one acknowledges. And now in, in my industry, in the, the legal industry, we suffer greatly from depression and, and the light is being, um, shown on the lawyers who suffer with depression and the suicide rate and the alcoholism and the drug use, but there's so little attention paid to 
those of us who work in the law firm who are not practicing lawyers, that we too uh, feel some of that stress and strain. And so I try to have guests on who are not afraid to share their real story. So I have had another woman guest on my podcast who talked very openly about her deep, deep uh, clinical depression. And I'll tell you what, most of the world knows her as a very accomplished and great writer. And she said, she didn't use the beautiful phrase that you've used, that you are sleepwalking and now waking up. But she said that she has come into who she really is for having that. So she's grateful for having gone through that pain. Um, tell me a little bit more about, you know, how well, this, what you Actually, learned. I wanted to extend that a little bit more, Susan, about the story and your uh, Brene Brown fan. I know you're a fan of hers. And I want to stress that our stories are not meant for, you know, everyone and she, Brene Brown says hearing them is a privilege and we should always ask ourselves this before we share who has earned the right to hear my story yes right she does say that she does say that it's about yeah it is a gift it is a gift yes, yes. and, and uh, well I feel honored that you've made me and my audience worthy of your gift yes it is a very special very precious gift and uh, I want to use it for the greater good well, we are grateful because in your being so honest and open, there's someone, and I'm sure more than one, uh, out there wondering, you know, am I the only one? And who else has been through this? And, and just listening to you share your, your courageous story, they might get help or ask for, you know, will you listen to me? Or in, in, in my life, when I've had great struggles, and I have, I have found that in helping others, I heal a lot. But then I find these other people like you who share with me the gift of their life. They're good and they're bad. They win or learn, never lose. You definitely win and learn, never lose, Judy, for sure. Um, and I feel honored and, and blessed to have those people like yourself in my life. So this is an incredible journey you've been on. How do you feel where you are now? How do I feel where I am now? I'm really excited, actually. I'm kind of in a hurry. Uh, on my website, the About Me page says that, um, you know, Judy's in a hurry. And I'm kind of in a hurry because I want to do so many things and I don't want to waste a minute of my life. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not urgent. It's not a, not a sense of urgency, but a sense of purpose. Like, I know how fragile life is. Uh, and I'm kind of in a hurry. <laughs> I love that. So it's like you're taking nothing for granted. You're, you're definitely appreciating every moment the phrase be here now actually mm. means something to you and when you say it it's very meaningful mm. so Absolutely. tell me a little bit about if you want to talk about your proudest personal accomplishment versus professional or vice versa or both feel free let's talk about a time in your life where you felt really proud about something you did or happened to you or a moment in your life recent it was recent because it stuck out so much. Um, after reading Brene Brown's book, I thought it was just me. I realized that I had um, toxic combo of shame and procrastination. I was avoiding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a defense mechanism. It's a it's a toxic cocktail. Uh, I had worked with a client, gave them a proposal 
started the project and the project ballooned. And I did not feel worthy of asking them for a revision to my price. Okay, so I think that's very common, especially among women. So tell us what you did. So How did you handle it? There was a rational side of me that said, this is business. This is normal. This is what happens. And I had a mentor who, who guided me through that. Like, yeah, that happens all the time. Uh, here's what you say in your email. And so I wrote the email. It took me two weeks to send it because of that shame, right? Of, I'm not worthy to ask of this. Two weeks, I did send it. They said yes right away. Like, sure, no big deal. And I learned that I, I am not a procrastinator generally, but when it was combined with shame, it was really debilitating. Sure. I think that women suffer shame. I mean, I know Brene talks about that a lot. Um, we also suffer um, what some label is lack of confidence. But I think there are more precise terms for what we suffer and i think shame is you know are you worthy of asking more are you worthy maybe you should have you know proposed a broader scope in the first place or what did i do wrong oh i guess that yes, yeah that went through my head for sure i should yeah. have known that is the that is the killer i should have known like how could i have known <laughs> right right we'll say things like you know why didn't i do a better bigger job first you know yes. so but but i think that and, and besides Darwin, I'm not sure, but I think it's a common phrase that adaptation is the key to success. So we need to be able to understand that there are things out of our control that change. And so we need to weave and bob and move and waltz and be able to be flexible and nimble. Pivot. And pivot. That's a great word. Totally. Um, and I think that in your speaking out about that example and that experience, other people who may or may not have read Brene Brown would go, I've been there. I've felt that I've experienced that. And next time this happens or presents itself, I'll have more courage to be open, honest and direct and say, look, things have changed. The scope has creeped and we're going to have to spend more time and effort on this. So you're going to have to spend more money on us. Well, what actually helped me was practicing this, um, new skill that I learned about is actually a study on women advocating for themselves and it was actually attorneys um, it was a research study and it found that when women when the women in the study advocated for someone else they received much higher offer letter yes, and so yes. that's what I remembered in my situation like if my friend Allison was here and doing the same thing. What would I, what do I would do for her? And that helped that's me a lot. Wonderful. So I have to say that's a nice little segue into some of the training that I do is we address how women don't negotiate on their own behalves whatsoever. And they rarely negotiate or speak out or speak up, especially if they're the only female in the room or in the uh, decision-making process. But if we say to ourselves, if I were a male, uh, would I negotiate on my own behalf? And the answer is always yes. And we say to ourselves, if this were my best friend or my daughter or my mother, would I negotiate? And you betcha. I mean, you bet. We would certainly be up to bat. I mean, we're like a posse for others. 
we need to be our own posse as well. We need to get our own backs as well. Cause you know, like the analogy says, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can help others in the seat next to you. But we tend to help others first. And um, if you have anything to do with it and I have anything to do with it, that will change. Um, so tell me a little bit about who's been your inspiration. Well, when I was an eight, when I was eight, I had a friend, we met in third grade. We lived in the same public housing complex in East San Jose and her mom owned a bookstore. So she was at the bookstore on the weekends. So we were eight. She dropped us off at the mall every Saturday. The mall babysat us. <laughs> so so she, she's eight years old. Let's yeah. folks, she's eight years old in the yeah. mall. I would not have, my son is 17. I still struggle when he goes to the mall without me. <laughs> we were two girls, two dinky little, shrimpy girls um so my dad would give me five dollars for the day her mom gave her twenty dollars for the day that was for lunch for video games whatever my friend what she did was she pulled our money her twenty dollars and my five dollars and she split it in half that's kindness how did that make you feel when first how did that make you feel when your parents dropped you off at the mall at that age, uh, and then, yeah, was that, did you have a cell phone at eight? I doubt it. Yeah. No, no, that was. How, how did you feel? That was early 80s. No, no, definitely no cell phones. I felt perfectly safe. Perfectly safe. That's fine. We went, we learned to ice skate at Eastridge. Uh, we went to the bookstore. We read tons of books in the bookstore <laughs> all day. That's great. Went That's to the food great. court. Awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about how you felt when your friend pooled your resources and split them in half. I think that's a true friend right there. Yes, yes. We're still friends. Uh, she's in Canada. Uh, so it has stuck with me for the last 37 years with sacrifice that was for an eight-year-old child and the, the sharing so did that inspire you to pay it forward or do nice things for others or absolutely absolutely to how do you, how do, you do that give me an example of how you pay it forward yesterday i was talking to one of our guests at the event and I was telling her about paying it forward and networking and sharing my tactic, which is to give first and not to expect anything in the first meeting, nothing, right? And to give first. And I don't, I didn't ask her for anything that whole time. And we just talked about her situation, brainstormed some ideas for her. Uh, I wrote my myself some homework to send her some names, connect her with, for her. And I didn't ask for anything at, at the first time. So Judy, I happen to share that same philosophy. I believe that you give from a place of love, not a place of expecting something in return. And if you love what you do and you're good at it, the money will come. People will want to be with you. So my whole philosophy is lifting others. And I know without my ever asking that if they see a need that needs to be filled and I'm an appropriate 
recommendation, they will refer me. And that is how I, um, we, we call it referral marketing, but it's not just a tactic. It's got, mm. it's something that comes from inside. It, it's not something you can fake. Mm -mm. You can't just say, here's my strategy. Here are the tactics. Mm -hmm. It's got to be inside out. It comes from a place inside. Mm -hmm. So I saw that in you. And folks, the event that Judy's talking about is um, the launch of my Bubbles, Bites, and Bits of Wisdom campaign to lift women in business and invite featured speakers and program directors and women like Judy who inspire and motivate others to be seen and to raise their profiles and to not just self-serve, but in their standing up and speaking to other women, they have an opportunity to grow meaningful relationships that then help those other women. Like Judy said, she's going to put a list together of names for this other woman in business. And that is what connecting and in a meaningful way is. It's not about going to a networking event and passing around 20 cards and going home with a, you know, pocket full of business cards. It's about one or two meaningful connections and maybe you make a new friend and they get to know who you are personally and professionally. And I think that's what happened with Judy. I saw her present and I was very interested in what she presented. She actually um, fooled me. So her presentation is one of, uh, you're hanging on the edge of your seat. You're wondering, where are we going with this? What's happening next? And I'm the person who thinks I've got the, I know who done it. I'm the one I can tell on the Sherlock Holmes who the bad guy is. I've got this figured out. Well, I couldn't do that with Judy's program. Um, so she totally blew me away. I was like, that was fantastic. I have to get to know you better and to share you with the world. Um, so I, I think you're a really, really not just a, a great um, woman to know. And I think that you're probably to your friends, an amazing friend. You're at the top of the list of people they appreciate in their lives. You're someone I'm grateful for knowing. But also professionally, you are the bomb. You just really, I was blown away. Uh, well, the, seek, I, I, the secret to my, my little strategy there was, how can I make this fun? And I had as much fun as anyone. I think I had good. more fun than anyone. <laughs> well, I don't know. I had pretty much a good time. I'm not, you know. So. Um, yeah, that was great. I don't want to give away any of your secrets. Exactly. I think that um, if you are a corporation or a company or a law firm or an engineering firm, any kind of entity where you're interested in meaningful team building, Judy's programs do that in a unique and really fun way. And um, I would highly recommend her and her programs. She, she has a number of different programs, but they're always there's sort of a mystery, a mystery to them. And everybody loves a mystery, right? So tell me a little bit, um, you know that I believe in lifting women and we should lift each other up. And in this age where the, the entire, at least this country, perhaps the world, but at least in this country, the society pits women against one another and tries to create, you know, chaos. So I try to combat that and even reach out to those who are considered mean girls and say, what are you afraid of? You let me help you. There's no need to, you, you, you can't compete against this other woman. It's just not possible. As much as you think in your head that you can, you can only compete against your own best self. So where can, how can we help you uh, love yourself more and then share that amazing person with the world and own it. 
And so I ask you, what do you advise women in business and, you know, and how to support one another? Hmm. You know, I actually don't have advice because each, that particular question is so personal for each of us, but I'm going to share what I do to lift other women up. Perfect. I think of life as a tapestry, right? We have these strands that we weave from relationships, skills, experiences, bad times, good times, all this yarn that we weave into our tapestry that we call life, our life. So with that analogy, I ask myself, what strand can I give to this woman, these women, so that she can weave her own tapestry? What yarn can I contribute for her own tapestry? And I do that in a very stealthy way. So during a conversation, a chat, or a phone call, whenever I hear someone say, what I really want to do, or I've always wanted to do this, that's when my antenna go up. Those are the moments when I put on my Wonder Woman superpowers. Awesome. I'll, gen <laughs> I'll gently ask her, so what would it take to make that happen? What do you envision that would look like? What do you think we could do? And then she'll lay out the plan. And That's she'll, she'll list the steps and the goal. Encouraging, very encouraging. And it's, it's respectful the way that you do that. It's not, I'm going to come in and tell you what you need to do to be a success. It's success as defined by her on her terms. Yep. It's her own goals and achievements that she's trying to accomplish. And in your letting her tell her story, you then can help her to grow and protect her business or make her idea a reality. That is yep. amazing. I love that approach. That is my sweet spot when I hear some, a woman say, oh, I want to do this, but, and then I, I just take that and pull some strands and show her, hey, these are the strings we could put in our tapestry. What do you think? Awesome. I love that you speak in questions often that is very respectful of others. Let me ask, um, in last night's event, I hosted an exercise that um, it, it, was, it's, it didn't play all the way out. I will, I will do that more later. However, I did ask the audience, what is your, you have more than one core value, but what is one of your most sacred values, things that you hold dear? What, what is one of your core values? And then we'll talk about behaviors that do or don't align with that core value and how we can get them to if they need to. And if they do, how do you do that? What I shared last night was one of my core values is I am adequate to my life. And for me, that means if an opportunity arises, somebody invites me to something, that means if it's in front of me, I am capable of it. So there's no question of, can I do this? Or do I have the ability? Or what will people think? I used to have those self-doubts about self-worth. And many years ago, I was asked to be uh, the president of a, of a board. And I said, no, that's not me. I couldn't possibly do that. And now I've, I've grown and I've learned that if it's in front of me, I am capable. If that person asked me, yes. Yes, I am completely capable. So that core value is I am adequate to my life. I love that. That's beautiful. So I wish 
more young women would hear that message, I am enough. I am adequate to my life. I have all that I need to do what needs to be done. Um, I think that's just so fantastic. When you share that publicly, folks, you, you were, if you were there, you know, but if you weren't, um, everyone gave her a round of applause. That was a beautiful message, and we should all live by that. Know that I am enough right here, right now. I have what it takes. I have the tools. There are the, there's this light inside of us, like I mentioned before, there is this light inside of us. And when we grow up, gunk gets put on it, you know, uh, things we learn from other people, conditioning, whatever, where we came from, and it gets covered up. All the gunk gets covered up, uh, but the light is still there. It is still there. Exactly, exactly. What a great, great, and I, I use the analogy of quicksand. Um, yeah. So um, I love that the light is still there. We just need to, un, you know, wash off the yeah, gunk. Yeah. Um, and it is. It's fear. So I think as we grow older, like when we're young, we we think we can rule the world, and exactly. we should continue that. But society lays all this junk and gunk on us. Exactly. And we become, um, you know, vehicles for self doubt mm -hmm. and just living in fear. Um, I, I think especially in today's climate, both politically and, you know, in business and with various groups that encourage groupthink, like politics or religion, or, we find a lot of that we're motivated by fear. We're operating out of fear and not love. And to me, there are only two choices, you know, fear or love. You can operate out of one of the other or the other. So I love that you operate out of love. It's, yes. it's, it's courageous. It's, um, I think last night I said my core value was grit. I have moxie, metal, you know, I'm um, unafraid to put it out there, especially when it comes to equality and freedom. Those things are very important to me. And I will speak up as if it was on behalf of my daughter, my mother, my child, you know. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I want to bring this up. You touched a little bit on this earlier. It may or may not be the biggest challenge. I can't imagine you have one bigger than um, living in a boat, but as a young child. But I'll ask you, what has been your biggest challenge or setback, and how did you overcome it? Is it the depression, or what is it? That was the, a big one. Yeah, yeah. In 2008, that was the major one. Uh, I had to start from scratch, basically, of who am I? What, what's going on? What, uh, what do I do now? Um, I, was, I was completely lost. Fortunately, I have a therapist who's also Vietnamese and grew up in the U.S., so we have a long journey together um, of discovery. And she's like my reality check. Sometimes I'll say, these voices in my head, they say, don't do that, or you shouldn't do that, or people, what will people think? And she's my reality check. I'm like, really? Oh, there are other options besides those? <laughs> okay. Um, That's awesome. So the accomplishment actually is <laughs> to, as you said, step into my life and take responsibility for this being to um, 
take responsibility for myself. Um, instead of being asleep, I think it's it's it seems from the outside probably not as significant, but oh no, it's from, <laughs> I feel you. I feel uh -huh. you. so I seriously understand. I, I'm empathizing and sympathizing. It looks to me in your journey, and you're still young, so you have a long way to go. But it looks to me in your journey like you have successfully made that painful transition from victor victim to victor that's what i'll say victim to victor and um i don't believe that anything is really bad because i believe we learn from the tough moments win or learn never lose so i, I say that often and i think that you are probably a better judy having gone through that um, I'm not a religious person, but there is a phrase I love, and it says, God takes us through deep and rough waters, not to drown us, but to cleanse us. Exactly. It cleanse us of the gunk. Exactly. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, yes, it's the same for me. Um, life, God has given me the right size two by four that I needed. I love it. I love it. I hope someday I get to actually have a cup of coffee at your coffee table. Um, yes, I believe that, that we will be friends forever. I feel you are a blessing in my life. And I'm so glad to have met you and I can't wait to see you in action. Another program. Let me know when you are invited to speak somewhere. I will come be your biggest fan. I will sit on the front row and i will cheer you on you are fascinating you are moving you are totally genuine um you really give off a message to the person across from you it's okay to be who you are it's great to be yourself embrace the real you you don't have to you know take that mask off when you're talking to me i feel that's who you are and i'm very comfortable with people like you uh, totally genuine can you tell me a little surprising fact about you not that you haven't already this whole podcast has been a series of those okay i have two oh, i'm gonna go ahead, tell two, two things um i discovered recently that i think in analogies and i'm going to tap into that superwoman power of mine so one of my analogies is relationships is like growing a vegetable garden. I used to, I have a backyard, my husband and I grow lettuce. I used to just scatter the seeds randomly, haphazardly and hope things will come up. And then I read the package. I learned that seeds need particular things. And so, and so now I methodically put the seeds in the right hole size, space correctly, water gently at first, don't use a hose, Right. these, these soft little seeds, right? And that's the same for relationships. I love it. I love that analogy. So, so I think I in analogies. Visualize it. Well, no, it's a great you paint. So especially since we are audio only, it's fantastic that you're a compelling storyteller and you paint a picture that makes it clear to the people who are listening what you mean. And we can all relate to that. Um, I have planted things before. There are those who have not. And even those who have not can understand your analogy. We need to nurture relationships. We need to um, 
pace ourselves with the, you know, content and delivery of what we share and make sure we can trust the other person, but still be able to take some risk. So I get it. You know, this is a great analogy for that. And to not wait until you're hungry before you start a garden. Oh, so powerful. What do you think? So powerful. I love it. I think you should share that um, with your audience when you do programs. That's, that is so true. So there's a classic book out there that my husband and I both give to people that we are mentors to. We both serve in a mentor role to many. And he gives this book more than I do, but um, that's because he's older than I am. Ha <laughs> ha. But uh, <laughs> it's called Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. So the idea is, yeah, it's a similar, if not same idea that, um, you know, plant yeah. your seeds and have your garden grow before you get lonely, sad, and, and don't have clients, colleagues, friends, peers, etc. Well, in closing, I, I want to just reiterate how amazing you are when you host these team building exercises or these uh, best practices on how to organize your day. I mean, I know in the digital age, we have an onslaught of text messages, messages through Facebook and LinkedIn and emails. Oh my gosh, emails out of the wazoo. So Judy's, one of Judy's mini programs helps you to not just manage your time, but manage your attention. And that's what I think gets lost in this fast paced digital age is we're trying to do everything at once. We're answering every email as it comes in. We're so distracted and divided. We're on the phone while we drive, you know, so I think that her program is helpful in a practical way, but meaningful in a very personal way. Like these are life lessons and she um, teaches you in a hands-on manner. So I love that. Very memorable, very memorable. So how can people reach you if they want to know more about what you do? My contact info is on my website and my website is called avid at work. That's A-V-I-D-A-T-W-O-R-K.com. Very nice. So what will happen from here, folks, is as you know, I'll write a blog and I'll include Judy's bio and a little bit about what we talked about. And then I'll sync a link to the actual podcast audio file into the blog. That way you get to see her beautiful headshot. You get to read her bio and you get to listen to this amazing podcast that was very, very moving. Thank you well, so much. I want to share one last story, Susan. Sure. Because, you, you uh, Christmas is coming up. Yeah. So when we were living in an apartment in San Jose, we didn't have a chimney. And one day I asked my dad, if we don't have a chimney, how does Santa come down? And he said, through the oven. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, and you know, you're thinking, I hope he doesn't get burned either way, you know? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I wanted to leave you with that. Cute. We love that. That's a great little funny for Christmas. And I think that a lot of parents might use that because not everyone has a chimney. So, well, Judy, you are delightful and you already know how I feel about you. And I'm sure that we have many listeners who now feel the same. So thank you for your time and everyone, thank you for joining us um, on the podcast. And I will share this blog cast is what I call it 
within a couple of days. So within 48 hours, we'll get to see more of Judy and hear more from oh. Judy. Thank, thank you, you thank Susan. you, thank you. Absolutely. Have a great day and have a great weekend. You too. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.